Hey, Dad. Hi. How are you? Good. So I was thinking today about, um, you know, your child discipline is one of your, like, driving <laughs> topics. You, you love, uh, if I'm not careful when we're doing these podcasts, you always kind of go that direction. Like, you're just so passionate about kids and the importance of raising them right. And you've got three kids that you raised. I mean, I'm the best of them, but... <laughs> Pretty much all most, of us, most humble by yeah, far as well. <laughs> pretty much all of us were. I mean, we're you. People would look we at your kids and they go, the "You're, you're serve, they're serving the Lord. They're yeah. they're you know that was functioning the members of society. You know, stuff like yeah. that." Yeah. So, but I've been thinking about this idea. That Jonathan Haidt. He's a he's a secular guy, but he wrote a book called "The Coddling of the American Mind," and he talks about this mistake that we've made over the last generation because we've had it really good. And a lot of us, maybe, you know, you felt like your parents were too hard on you. We've swung the other way. Like people like me, we've swung the other way. And we've actually maybe made it too easy on our kids. And there's an element of the fact that if you're too easy on someone, um, they actually become weaker. Nassim Taleb talks about that. There's three kinds of systems. There's fragile systems that break when they're exposed to pressure. There's robust systems like this table, they don't, nothing happens. And you just beat on them and nothing happens. And then there's the opposite of fragile is anti-fragile. Anti-fragile systems actually gain from disorder, a little bit of deprivation, chaos. Yeah. But if you treat an anti-fragile system, which humans are, we are uh-huh. as a fragile system, they actually become fragile. Yeah. And we're starting to see kind of the results of that in our country because there's a lot of people that are like, I can't handle those mean things you're saying that's just so mean and it hurts yeah. me deep inside. And yes, words hurt. I get it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But yeah, words yeah, do hurt do. you. But there's also the element of like we have to be, the goal with our kids is to teach them discipline, but the goal is like understand where the structure is. But the goal is also to not, not to keep them safe. Right. So there's this fine line between like really keeping a strict safety zone for your kids and discipline. And I see that with a lot of homeschoolers. They'd flip out when they got out of the disciplined environment of their parents because they were never trained to operate autonomously. Um, so where's this line between like we need to discipline our kids but overprotecting our kids? Because I've seen some people go to one extreme yeah. where they're too hard on their kids and you know they make them cynical and bitter early on, and then other where they're like too soft and too protective of their kids. Um, the the de- cynical ones are because there was overdisciplined, right? But then there's others that like let their kids run free. And uh, th- where's the balance yeah. in finding that and creating strong kids? Yeah. Because I think there's actually an element of, I mean, you could be actually be abusive by overparenting. Yeah. You can be abusive by uh, giving too much attention. Uh, and part of that is is when, you know, we, we have, you hear this phrase now, a child centered. Ours is a child centered school. Ours is yikes. Child- <laughs> well, yeah, yikes. Because all of a sudden it means that what you're telling me is, me, I'm the center of the universe. Right, right. You know, nothing is more important than me. All the world revolves around me. And some point in time, that poor child is going to have to have a startling awareness that, hey, it doesn't work that way when you're in the real world. Nobody really cares you about you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so uh, what you're talking about, though, is the idea of, you know, it's like anywhere where you build a muscle. You build, the way you build muscle is by resistance. Mm-hmm. And if, if, you're, if you're in a pool 
and you're lifting a 100-pound weight, you're not going to get as much uh, benefit out of that as if you're doing it on dry land because you're lessening the resistance. Mm. So it's it's the resistance. Well, you know, James talks about this. In in the book of James, he talks about how count it all joy, my brethren, when you face trials, when you face difficulties, when you face pressures, because the testing of your faith builds endurance. It's just like your muscles. The testing of your muscles is what builds the endurance. And, And the way it builds it, as you know, is by micro tears it yeah the, the micro tears that happen that they're painful they hurt uh but when they heal back they heal back stronger and so it, it, it's the same way in our lives if we're never um tested if we're never um put in under any kind of pressure then we tend to kind of become globular you know yeah i don't know if that's a word or soft you just become soft, soft. Yeah. i mean there's an element that's what i think a lot of what it is is because we've had it so good yeah. We've tried to give our kids a better life than we had, which we think involves removing some of the pain of our childhood, maybe. Right, yeah. But some of that pain you needed. Yeah, it's what you, you, you cannot protect a child from all harm or hurt. And and that even shouldn't be the goal. What you the goal needs to be to protect them from devastating damage and hurt. And you know, I mean a perfect example of that's when a kid's learning to walk. If the kid never falls down, he's never going to learn to walk. So, because falling down and getting back up again is a part of learning to walk. Yeah. And so, if you if you put them in this bubble, you put them in a walker trainer to where they're not going to fall down. Well, neither are they going to learn to walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might learn to do the motions, but as soon as you take that framework away, they're not going to have the strength to do that. You know. In fact, I was I was uh, it was interesting. I was talking to Cato the other day, our uh, uh, my daughter in law. Uh, who's a physical therapist, and she was telling me about a fellow who was in bed for, I think, three to six months with COVID, and he couldn't move, and now he's Oof. got drop foot. He he literally cannot walk, and it wasn't the COVID that it was the fact that he was in bed for four, six months, something like that, and so they tried to, they would come in and move his muscles, move his arms so they didn't atrophy and, and freeze up, but unless he's putting the resistance on it, the muscles just fall apart. Well, and there's, there's an element of, unless you're getting the real world exposure, you're yeah. just not going to get the, the stress on that muscle that you right. need. So somebody else doing that for you doesn't do it. Wow, yeah. And I thought, wow, that's really, that's almost frightening, the fact that it, it, he was immobile for all those months, and therefore now he's, he can't walk. And he yeah. was a healthy young guy, you know? And so, again, that resistance, in fact, it's the resistance of gravity that causes us to have some sort of a backbone and spine, you know, the fact that we stand up. We're constantly under pressure from gravity pulling us down. Wow, that's a great point. God so, set it up to where we're constantly having to, that anti-fragile nature of our body. Yeah, it's always under pressure. That's a good point, too, because, you know, a lot of times young kids and older folks are similar, and they say with older folks in nursing homes and stuff, never, ever do for someone what they can do on their own because as soon as you start doing that, you've actually set them at a disadvantage yeah. and they're going to lose that capacity quick because if you don't maintain it, uh, it's atrophy. It's what happened to that yeah, guy exactly. in that hospital bed. If you are not u- if you don't use it, you'll lose it, which just sounds like something Jesus said. Uh, didn't he say something like that? Those who have will... It, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, if those who have will be given more and those who don't have it will be taken from them. <laughs> like if you if you use what you've got, it's, a, it's the okay, parable yeah, of the talents. Okay, parable I'll the go talents. with that. I'll, all right, we'll I, give you. I paraphrased <laughs> it. I was very paraphrased, but uh, it's the essence of it. Yeah, right. So there's this element of, you know, we want to protect our kids, and there's an element of discipline creates protections for them. Like, here's the boundaries. You don't go past here. But then there's also the element of sometimes you got to let your kid run free and hit the wall. Yeah. And 
it, I mean, well, back to our learning to walk illustration. Okay. I, I look at it this way. It's like, okay, let the child fall down. But when he's around the coffee table, cover their head so his <laughs> right, eye doesn't right. go right into the so corner of the coffee permanently table. Permanently lose an eye. Yeah, because yes. they're about that height. So, so there are those things that you, you do need to protect them from. When they're walking in the parking lot, letting them get hit by a car is not yeah, going to yeah. build strength in them, you know, things of that nature. So you hold their hand in the parking lot and you, you restrain them in certain times so that they don't get majorly damaged. But they, but when then you allow, but when you don't allow them to do things that might be a little bit dangerous, well, he could fall and hurt himself. He could, he could, he could. Well, right. yeah, but if it's not gonna, if it's just gonna scrape him up and bring a little blood, you know, maybe he won't, and maybe he'll learn to walk and learn to climb and learn to be a little stronger and all that. So, it's really a matter of deciding when it's a devastating injury that's a possibility you want to avoid. Which this is the tricky part about about this is it feels so loving to protect someone from harm. Yeah. Um, and I find that with my daughter, with Elise, I'm like, there's so many things, like, for example, she's she's learning to ride the bike, and uh, yeah. um, I'm like, man, I don't want her to, like, be constantly getting beat up, scr- falling over. That's a big one. It's a big one. That's learning balance, yeah. yeah uh-huh. And you can cause major damage there. Yeah. But there's an element of it. At some point, you just have to let her Take, take a couple spills and figure it out or she'll never figure it out. And, yeah. But it seems so loving. And that's what I want to talk about, the, this tricky kind of idea that compassion, the loving thing to do is to protect people from harm and protect people from, that. that's actually, it could, there can actually become an abusive element to yeah. compassion when you're not allowing people to re, get the results of real interaction with real world or the, the yeah. bumps and bruises that you get that make you stronger and better. I think what you're saying, and and I've seen this, you know, I've tried to analyze because, you know, like you were saying earlier, you three guys all, our kids all turned out pretty good, you know, and and so when I've tried to figure out what did we do right? I don't know. I, I know all the stuff we did wrong. So I've tried to kind of figure out what were some things that I, that I see that other parents have done now that I've been around long enough to see the product of people raising their kids and going off and some doing well and some doing wrong. And one of the things I've seen is this, it goes back to that same idea of trying to protect them from harm, but when they get older, it's not protecting them from falling on their bike or something like right. that, but it's protecting them from the consequences of their behavior, bailing them out when they've done things that have gotten them into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, And that can be everything from, well, he got himself into financial trouble. Well, we'll just loan you the money and you, know, and you can pay us back. Or he finds himself a night in jail. You know, It's like, well, we'll, we'll bail him out you know, instead of letting him suffer the consequences of the behavior. And many times, again, we feel like that's the loving thing to do, but it's really just enabling, and it's really not causing them to have to face the consequences of bad behavior. I mean, that's essentially what Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 4 uh, says, or 12, 7, I, it just makes me think, you know, you always want to look to like, how does God deal with us? Yeah. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate. And there it says, this, you know, we have these earthly fathers that discipline us, but God disciplines us in a perfect way. And so it says, mm-hmm. no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on, however, produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And I think about sometimes God lets us, I mean, most of the time, God lets us, every once in a while he'll bail us out, but he lets us reap the yeah. results of our dumb decisions. And he's like, my grace is there for you. Your sins are forgiven. You're still going to have to pay the price for what happened, though. Yeah. And I'm here for you. And I remember that with me. Like, you gave me a lot of latitude. I mean, I sometimes I still think about you letting me drive around Guatemala City at 10 at night when I was 16. I'm like, 
what were you thinking? Like I sometimes wonder yeah, was, myself, what was I yeah, thinking? At the time, it seems so normal, but now I look yeah. at it, I'm like, I was like, that's like, I will never let my daughter do that ever. <laughs> but I think when I would fall on my face, I knew without a doubt I could come to you without judgment. You, yeah, you would clearly call it for what it was. You're like, well, that was dumb. Yeah, it was dumb. But I didn't feel ashamed to tell you the dumb mistake I'd made because you're, you're going to accept me. But you, you didn't necessarily bail me out. You'd be like, well, you're going to have to figure out how to sort that one out. But I love you. And yeah. let me know if I can give you some guidance along the way on how to sort it out. That's what God does for us. Yeah. And doesn't abandon us. Yeah, doesn't leave us. Yeah, and you you modeled that for us. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we go one or two ways. We either go, well, you sh- that serves you right, you know, yeah. the harsh father. You, that serves you right. And that's yeah. what you vindictive. What'd you learn here? What'd God's, you learn here? Yeah, God's not vindictive. He's not that way. He's always no. welcome arms. Or the other way is, like you said, you just bail them out of everything, and they're in yeah. their forties, and you're still bailing them out of everything. And both are. It, it's it's hard to find that balance though sometimes yeah. because love. I heard Andy Stanley say at this time, in every this way, he said, in every situation, every time you face a challenge, you have to go, what does love require of me in this situation? Yeah. And that's tricky. It is because you've got to have a real accurate definition of love. Mm-hmm. And that's our problem. We don't typically have an accurate definition of love because, um, you know, love is patient, love is kind. Um, well, 1 Corinthians 13, yeah. which is a definition of some, some things of love. But... But it doesn't always bail people out. It doesn't always save you from the consequences of your behavior because that isn't loving because I don't typically learn. You know, I typically learn more when I've, uh, well, it's like somebody put it this way. He said, tell me the last time you were uncomfortable and I'll tell you the last time you grew. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> I typically only learn when when the uncomfort is there to make an impact on me. When the pressure's on. I mean, that's yeah. like with a student, it's like, that's why you have to have tests. It's like, yes. here, just learn this. And then if you've never proved that you've had to learn it, the, yeah. the pressure of a test coming up. And when do we all do our homework? Just before right the before deadline. Too. Yeah, of course, that's you know, right. because that's when the pressure's on. I got to get it done now. Yeah. Otherwise, it's too easy to find other things to do. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's one of the ways that I've seen many times people, they don't allow their kids to suffer the consequence of their behavior. And they think they're doing the loving thing, but actually... Um, it's those consequences. It's it's kind of like this. I uh, it's kind of like guardrails on a highway, or I, I think of a toboggan run. You know, during the Olympics, they have those toboggan runs, and there's rails on the sides of those toboggan runs, and those rails keep you in the in the zone. Right. And and it's those rails, or like guardrails on a highway, are kind of uh, des- they're designed to keep us in the safe zone. Right. Uh, you don't see how close you can get to those guardrails, how much I can bump up against them, because that's going to damage your car. It's too late then, you know, but they give us a guideline to stay on. That's what discipline is supposed to do with our kids. There, there needs to be a latitude within that. That's why I say, give them some latitude within where they can operate and learn and figure out what works and stuff. But you try to keep them from going over the cliff. Right. And so like, there, here's, here's the place where you can work this out. Yeah. Like it's the protection of here's the place you can work this out. And within that context, you're going to make some mistakes. It's not going to kill you because we're going to do the job of protecting you from yeah. Like a like I think of those bobsleds that lose control in the middle. Oh yeah, and the guys are sliding out. all over the place, but they're still in the chute. Yeah, yeah. So they're not getting their arms broken or something yeah. by hitting into the guardrail, flying in the mountain. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of what we need to do for our kids is to set up set up parameters within which they can work and make sure those parameters are things that aren't beyond that. They're not going to get you know. You try to keep them from getting permanently injured or something like that. But there, and sometimes you get it wrong because that's where you, you say, so where's the balance? I don't really think there is a balance because a balance implies that it's, 
okay, if I find this point, then I'm always right. The perfect point, right. Yeah, and, and it's not that way at all. It's, it's like driving down the road. You never get it right. You're always adjusting a little bit. You know, Constant course little, correction. Yeah, and so you're figuring out because, and the thing is too, it's going to be different with each child. Yeah, man, because, that's tricky too. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons. We would let you drive in Guatemala City at night. I don't know that we would have with your sister. Yeah. And not necessarily because well, she's she was, a girl. Yeah, she's that's a girl. That's a part yeah. of it. And, um, you, you know, she was she was different than you. You know, she was she was a lot more free-spirited and, <laughs> and didn't think ahead too much. You always figured out 10 things that could go wrong, even if... Yeah, yeah. I knew know, everything that could go wrong and had yeah. a backup plan. So yeah. you were always planning ahead for that. And she's more like me where it's like, eh, nothing's going to go wrong. It's, it'll work out. You know, we'll figure... But that's not a good way to be yeah. in that sort of a dangerous situation. Yeah, you know? that's true. So, I mean, you, you need guidance for each kid because each kid is very unique. Everyone's unique. Yeah. And that's where you don't really find a balance and this is way... I, I treat each of my kids. You you can't be fair is a thing because yeah. being fair is not being fair. Being fair is not being just, I should say. Right, well, and being fair, like a universal, like this is how we're going to do it, could really work out to harm another kid. Yeah. If you got a child that's completely different, like what you allowed for me could have really gotten my sister or my brother in trouble. And that's where it gets tricky. And that's where, I mean, that's where you really have to be guided by the Holy Spirit and go, okay, God, what do I need to do for this kid here? Yeah. Like, and and the weird thing is sometimes you do need to bail him out. But then yeah. sometimes, and he may tell you, I need you to bail him out this time, but then the next time you don't. And you're like, but last time I bailed him out. And if you, but you got to do in each situation what he tells yeah. you to do. Yeah. And you know, the thing is you can count on him to guide you in that because he's more interested in your kids. He's more interested in you than you are yourself. And he knows what's going on inside your kid. And he knows exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I mean, this is maybe a little off mark, but I remember one time I had a fellow who needed a, somebody to co-sign for his electrical bill. And uh, I, you know, I knew the scripture, don't co-sign, don't co-sign, but I felt the Lord said, do it for him. Mm. So I said, okay. So I co-signed for his electric bill. How'd that it, go? Well, it went okay, but it came up for renewal a year later. And I just felt like the Lord said, don't, don't renew it. Oh. So I, I backed up, said, can't renew it. And about two months later, I got a call from the electric company saying, hey, you owe us $300. He hadn't paid his electric bill. And I said, well, I uh, backed out of that three months ago. And they go, oh, yeah, you did. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so I thought, man. That, wow. But it was listening to the Lord, you know, yeah. which it was kind of a weird deal to do it because it was contrary to scriptural principles it wasn't there wasn't a thou shalt not right it's one of those in proverbs where it says this is the wise way to live and so it wasn't a, a going against a command of scripture that's that's but those principles this is the way to live wisely and that's why we talk a lot on here about principles this is the principle yeah it's not like it's a hardcore rule and the principle is go ahead and allow your kids to get a little damage, get a little hurt, because that's what's going to build the strength within them and put some common sense into their brains. Right. But you don't want to allow them to be permanently damaged. I mean, obviously, you know, you keep them from, what do you say, overriding a hurt, yeah. damage. I mean, uh, that's the goal. Is we, Our goal isn't to keep our kids safe. Our goal is to make them strong, wise, capable, able to navigate the unknown on their own. And sometimes that yeah. requires letting them bump into a few walls. Yeah, it does. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joelle or Rick, you can visit joellemalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast. 